0: Ephesians 6, starting in verse 18, page 817, if you use one of our Bibles. This is what Paul says. He says, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. And with this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Tychicus, the dear brother and faithful servant in the Lord, will tell you everything so that you also may know how I am and what I am doing. I'm sending him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that he may encourage you peace to the brothers and sisters in love with faith from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace to all who love our Lord Jesus Christ with an undying love. And this is the word of the Lord from Ephesians 6. And so, you know, we've been journeying through the book of Ephesians starting in March. And, and this was a letter that and still is a letter. Um, and and I, I was just kind of thinking that this was a real letter that was written to real people. And I can only imagine what this would have been like when they would have gotten done reading it. I'm going, man, when when they led the, read those final words, do you think the church was like, hey, read that thing to us again? Because, you know, we, we read this over four or five months. They would have read it in one sitting. And I wonder what it would have been like for them to have heard these words. Would they have been eager to hear it again? Or would they have been like, man, we got to go. We've got a world that we've got to just help people come to know Jesus. Let's get out of this place. And, and we'll come back and read this letter again some other time. So I'm going, I, don't, I wonder how the original audience would have heard this entire letter written to them. You know, we've covered much over the past five months as we've been journeying through this. Maybe you've been with us one week. Maybe you've been with us through the entire journey. And I'm not sure what God, ought, what God has taught you through this. But I hope this letter has been a blessing to you. And I love the way that, that Paul finishes his letter to us today. I was reading over the, the, the book, trying to get my mind around how to kind of wrap us up and, and close us today. And I, I noticed that, that Paul starts his letter with praise and he ends his letter with prayer. Right, and so if you remember back in March, the very first week, you know, he, right off the bat, he says, praise be to the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. And those, you know, eight or nine verses, he just keeps, it's this high praise. He goes, God, we praise you for your grace. God, we, we praise you for your glory. And it's just like Paul is just, Um, enamored with the the goodness and the power and the realness of God. And he he starts out with praise. It's this acknowledgement of how wonderful God is, how wonderful everything that God has done on our behalf is. You know, so often praise is the starting line for Christians. That praise is where we begin our journey. And we never outgrow it. No, this is something that we're, we're always called to live into. And so I was just kind of picturing the, a track, you know, the way that if you run track, I don't know if any of you guys did that in college or if any of you do that in college, but the starting line is also the line that you pass every time. And, and I just kept going, man, praise is, 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 is this for us. In the moment that we as Christians, we stop celebrating and praising and thanking God for who he is and what he's done, we need to do some serious evaluating. You see, we start with praise especially when you when you first taste grace like when you when you first become a christian you know maybe this was a couple weeks ago for you maybe this was a couple years ago for some of you maybe you're not a christian yet and you're you're trying to figure out if you want to step into this whole thing but man when you when you first taste the grace of jesus you realize that that you were dead and now you're alive When you taste his grace, you realize that you were lost and now you are found. When you first taste his grace and you realize that you were separated from his love and now you can never be separated from his love ever again. This is what Romans chapter 8 says. It just wells up inside of us, this, this posture of praise and adoration. And I love that he starts with praise and I love that he ends with prayer. I wonder if he's trying to teach us something there, about what it means to be his people. I was spending some time with a friend of mine this week, and he was telling me about a a mentor of his that has now passed away. This guy's name was Batzel Barrett Baxter, and maybe some of you know who that is, majority of you probably don't. But my friend was telling me about this guy, and he was the the dean of the Bible department, theology department at Lipscomb. At the same time, he was preaching and leading a church here in Nashville. At the same time, he was, um, often, he was teaching on this nationally broadcasted um, Bible program that was going out into all the states. And my friend was just talking about this man's life. And, and he said this line to me. He said, the thing that stood out to me about um, Basil Barrett baxter is that he was never in a hurry, that he was never too busy for people. He said, and, and I know that he had a lot to do. He said, but I was a student when he was teaching love school. He said, I would come into his office and, and he was never too busy for me. And I would see him walking across campus and he'd just be like admiring the flowers and the birds. And I'm going that this guy, the, the pace of his life was, was slow and it was calm. And he said, I don't know the specifics of this guy's prayer life. But I can only imagine that there, were, there was either long early mornings or long late nights, probably both being spent in prayer. He said, because you don't live that kind of life. If you're not connected to God in prayer. I think what God has been helping me see is that many things mark the life of a believer, that there are many characteristics that mark us as God's people, as followers of Jesus, but praise and prayer are what bookends this letter, and I wonder if God is trying to speak that into our lives this morning. We're really just gonna hone in on verses 18, 19, and 20 this morning, and I love what Paul does here. He does two things. He, He tells them to pray and he asks them to pray for him. He tells them to pray, this very real group of people, these people that knew him, that saw him, that that lived with him, that fed him, that sat at the dining room table with him. He tells them to pray, and he asks them to pray for him. And Let's look at verse 18. This is what he says. He says, And so pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and and requests. These are some of the questions that I've been asking this week. Why does he say pray in the Spirit instead of just pray? 1 Thessalonians 5, he just says, hey, pray continuously. All throughout his letters, he'll just say things like pray, pray generically. Why in the world does he say pray in the Spirit? What does it mean to pray in the Spirit? Is that something that all of us can do? Is praying in the Spirit synonymous with speaking in tongues? Are all of us supposed to pray in the Spirit? And if so, how do we do that? These are the questions that are going through my mind this week as I'm trying to figure out how we step into this as a church family. And I don't have this figured out. I don't have all those answers to all those questions, but I do know this. I want you to hear this, that that there are deeper places in prayer to be explored and to be experienced with God no matter where you are in your faith journey. Listen to this again. There are deeper places in prayer to be explored and to be experienced with God no matter where you are in your faith journey. So I talk with people from our church family, right? I work at our church, and one of the great joys is just getting to spend time with you, getting to pray with you. I love getting to listen to what you pray for. It's a real blessing, it's a real gift, getting to pray with you. I love learning from how you pray. I love listening to what you are discovering as you pray. And one of the things that I realize is that my prayer life so often is not that colorful. That as I pray with so many of you, one of the things that I've realized is that there are some depths in prayer with God that I just don't consistently experience. So what I'm proposing is that is that when Paul says pray in the Spirit, there is something there for us. There's something more for us at least to think about, to try, to learn, to experience. See, I grew up believing, thinking that prayer was just me talking to God. Maybe you can connect to that. I was taught by just incredibly godly parents to pray and so I would come to God the only way that I knew how to pray I would bring my list of things that I needed prayer for I would thank God for the good things that were going on in my life I would confess sin I would pray for people in my life that I cared about I would pray for people who were sick that that I would come and I would just present my list of concerns to God and the truth is, all those things are good. In fact, Paul tells us to do these things. The, the words prayers and the words request are two different words in the Greek. And so literally in verse 18, he says, Hey, pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests. Those are two different Greek words. And so I don't think Paul is being redundant here, though he might be. No, what I believe is happening here is that the first word for prayer, as one commentator says, it's the general word for communication with God. It's, it includes all aspects of asking and praising and giving thanks. The second word, the word request, most often in the New Testament, it is used for interceding for others on their behalf. So don't hear me saying that that we as Christians, we need to quit doing those things. We need to quit interceding. We need to quit giving thanks. We need to quit uh, offering prayers and requests so that we can experience praying in the Spirit. No, it seems that, that doing those things, interceding for people we care about, Bringing our things, bringing our praise, bringing our questions. It seems that those things are a part of what it actually means to pray in the Spirit. What I've discovered this week, one of the things that I've been thinking about in my own journey is that, and maybe this is true for you, is that my prayer life for the majority of my life has just been a monologue. And if you relate to that, that it's me coming to God and me talking the whole time something that I'm learning from many of you is that prayer is not about just us talking, but prayer is about God talking back. I remember hanging out with Deb a little while ago. We were having coffee. You guys don't know Deb. You need to get to know Deb. She's amazing. And she was just telling me about her prayer life. She was talking about the way she prays. And she would, Andrew and I were sitting with her at 8th and Rose, and, you know, she would say so, she'd say lines like this, you know, so she'd come to God in prayer and she'd say, hey, God, what do you want to talk about today? Or in the middle of her prayer, she'd say something like this: "Hey, what do you think about this, God?" And I realized that she was talking. That not once have I ever done those things in prayer. Not because I didn't want to; I just didn't know I could. I think about praying with my friend Aaron and I love the way that Aaron prays because you know when when I say hey let's pray I immediately start talking and what I love about Aaron is one of the things that he does when he prays is he doesn't rush into talking in prayer he'll say things like this God hey we just want to be quiet if you have something that you want us to hear something that you want to speak into this we just want to listen first before we come talking and I'm like, "Of course." I think about another one of my friends and listening to him pray, it's more like a conversation and less like a lecture. And and one of the things that God has been showing me in my journey, someone who doesn't have all the answers, who doesn't have it all figured out, is that part of praying in the Spirit is, is learning to be quiet, is learning to receive, is learning to listen, to watch with your mind's eye, Praying in the Spirit is about hearing, being led by the Spirit that each of you have if you're a Christian. Spirit is not something that is just given to super-Christians, it's given to sinful and broken people who turn to Christ. I don't think Paul is telling us to do something that we are incapable of doing. No, he says, learn to let the Holy Spirit guide you as you pray but how do we do that? Now, I was thinking about my friend Josh Link, and Josh, you know, he, he works in video, he works in film production and editing. You know, Josh, if you walked into Steven Spielberg's house to have a conversation on film, do you think that you would come in and just start telling him about all the things that you know? Like, I would love to watch that conversation happen. No, you, you, you come in, and I'm talking about Josh, I know that he, he's good at film, and you think about this, things that you're interested in, things that maybe you know some things about. What if you were to talk to the expert, the one who, who knows all, who sees all, who understands all things in the field? Do you think that you would walk into their office or into their classroom and immediately start talking? No, we would never do that. We would come and we would sit if you, right? We would listen. My guess is that for a lot of us, we have no idea that God spoke back to us in prayer. We had no idea that the Holy Spirit had a part to play in prayer. Or maybe he's been doing that and you just needed to give some language to what's been going on in your life. It's not that we believe that God doesn't speak in prayer. We just haven't been taught that, that that's what happens in prayer. We've been taught that prayer is this one-way road. We've been given a one-way walkie-talkie. One of the things that I'm learning from many of you is just to Pray to sit in silence, to listen. So when I sit down to pray, to say, Father, if you have anything you want me to hear, I want you to speak. I want to give you the first. And I'll listen. And what that does is it reveals something in our hearts. It reveals, hey, do we actually trust that God is going to speak? Do we trust that God speaks? Or has God hit the mute button on himself? Do we think that God has anything to say to us in real time? Do we think that God, as our Father, would want to say anything to us? And these things start bubbling up when we start giving God space. These questions start to surface when we give God space to speak. Here's how I'm trying to practice it. The other day I'm spending time with a good friend of mine and we're having lunch and you know, so get the food, and he prays, he doesn't pray just your typical prayer over the food, the, pray that I, the prayer that I usually pray, God, thanks for this food, we love you, amen, he prays for like five minutes, the, cold, the food's like getting cold because he's praying so long, and, and he's praying for me, he's praying for our waitress, he's like praying, I'm like, okay, man, what's going on here, but it was, it was beautiful, and we had this awesome conversation, and, and we get none, and we're about to leave, and he says, hey, why don't you pray, he's like, I, you, I prayed first, I'd love for you to pray, and I'm like, okay, so I knew that we were going to be in this text this week, and I'm trying to put the things that I'm learning from you, from the Holy Spirit, into practice. And so I started a prayer, and I said, okay, God, if you have anything for my brother or me that we need to hear, would you just be so kind to let us hear it? You have a passage of scripture. If you have an image, you have something that you want us to hear or think about, give that to us. If you've ever done this, you know how uncomfortable it can be just to wait, and how it exposes much. And so we're just sitting there and after about an, a minute, this, this image comes into my mind. It's a of a white eagle, I think. I'm not a bird expert, but I think it's an eagle and some other kind of white bird. And and the bird is like leaves this fence post and it's flying, and I'm going, okay, what is I don't that doesn't make any sense to me. Like I've, God, am I supposed to share that? I'm just having this conversation in my head. And like, he's saying, yeah, just, just share this with him. I'm like, okay. Hey, um, hey, as we we're praying, this might not mean anything to you. I'm not an expert on this, but I'm trying to learn to step into this a little bit more clear. And this might not mean anything to you. I have no idea what it means, but I thought I was supposed to share with you. Hey, as we were praying, I felt like God was showing me this white eagle, and it was flying. I felt crazy for saying it. Like, does this mean anything to you? And he's like, yeah, it does. And I'm like, really? <laughs> he's like, yeah, it does. So we'll pray. We get done praying, and I'm going, hey, do you, do you mind telling me what... What that means, if, if you feel comfortable doing that, he says, yeah. He said that the image as I open my computer is of a white eagle. And for whatever reason, that white eagle, it reminds me to be pure as I set my eyes, as I get on my computer, to use my computer for good. He said, Well, no, maybe God was just saying that the eagle's flying, that, that God's setting me free from this or something. And, and he was encouraged, and I'm going, wow, like, I've never been in your office, never seen your computer. That, And some of you are going, that's just a coincidence. Maybe it was. But what if it wasn't? I'm going, God, you, you revealed that by your spirit. You encouraged this brother. You strengthened us. You, you, you lifted our spirit. You showed us that you're involved in our prayers, that you, that you care. And I don't want to paint this picture like every time I pray like this, there's like some image. There have been a lot of times where I'll be praying with someone and say, hey, as I was praying this, this verse or this picture came to mind, and I don't know if it's even from God, but I feel like I'm supposed to share it with you. And does that mean anything? No, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, Cool. <laughs> God likes to be involved in our prayers. He likes to be invited in. He likes to be given a voice. One of the things I'm also coming to believe about praying in the Spirit is that it isn't primarily, or it isn't, not primarily, it isn't just about us getting something from God. So often we sit down like, we are slaves. Hey, what do we need to go do, God? What do you have for us? What are my next orders? I'm having lunch with a friend, and an older friend of mine. He reached out to me a few weeks ago, and we're sitting at lunch. And the whole time, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, Hey, you know, what do you need today? Like, do you have something you need to share? Like, is there something that I needed to hear? And and the whole time, my mind is trying to think about like getting something, or giving something, and, and, and God was just going, no, Brandon, this is how friendships work. <laughs> Enjoy each other. Learn, and listen, and talk, and take turns doing that. I'm going, oh, yeah. Praying is, is friendship with God. Praying builds friendship with God. God. So as we come to God and we do all these things that Paul tells us to do, to to pray in the Spirit with all kinds of prayers and requests, man, we thank God for the good things that are going on in our lives. And we share with God the hard things. And we confess our sin to our Heavenly Father. And we ask God to strengthen us. And we ask God to encourage the people in our lives and in our church and in our city that we love so much. And through it all, we trust that God speaks. And so we keep inviting him to speak to us as well. Pray in the Spirit. Be alert. Always keep on praying for the Lord's people. Pray in the Spirit. Paul says, keep praying. And I love the second thing that Paul does. Verse 19 and 20. He asked them to pray for him. I love this. Listen to these words. It says, Pray also for me that whenever I speak words may be given me so that I will fearlessly make known the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. You think it's interesting that that Paul is imprisoned and this is what what he wants him to pray for? If you're in prison, what are you asking for? Get me out of here. I want to see my friends. I want to see my family. I want freedom. Paul's shackled up and he prays, God, give me words so that I can fearlessly declare the gospel. There are a couple layers to this that I think we need to see this morning. There's there's just something good about us asking other believers to pray for us. I hope that we view prayer, that we come to view prayer, as more than something we do just before we eat a meal, before our heads hit the pillow at night. More than a place that we turn when life is terrible. I hope and I pray that that we realize the power of the Holy Spirit that God has given to each of us that often lies dormant in us because we don't pray with and for each other. What happens when we become a church that really understands that the Holy Spirit is alive in our prayers that he speaks and he answers, and consequently we find ourselves being encouraged and built up and comforted. What happens when we become a church that prays for each other? I love what God is doing in our church family here. You know, I'll, I'll call some of the people at the other campuses at our church, and one of the things that I'll consistently say on Sunday afternoons is, hey, it's amazing how long people stayed after and just talked to each other. And there's something incredible about the fact that you, you stay around after we're done with worship and you care and you ask questions and you like being around each other. There's something really special about that. I'm going, man, maybe God is inviting us to take it to the next level where we start not just talking, enjoying each other, but we start praying for each other. We start listening for each other. What will happen? I don't know, but we're going to find out. Maybe not today, maybe not this next month, but... We will be a praying church. The other layer to what Paul writes, I love this. He, he prays to these people that he started these churches. And he says, Hey, we pray for me that words may be given to me so that I may fearlessly declare the mystery of the gospel. I'm going, Why does he need courage? <laughs> because Paul's not some superhero, he's a human being. Are you ever fearful of sharing your faith? You' fearful that, that you're going to step into this moment and you're not going to know what to say? I am. <laughs> In plenty of moments of fear. I'm fearful of my words coming out jumbled. I'm fearful of what they'll think. Prayer, though, is this place but we realize that we are in a spiritual battle. And if we're in a spiritual battle, maybe it means that our fears, maybe they're not irrational. Maybe they're actually from the enemy. And the enemy knows that if he can get us to be fearful, paralyzed, we'll do nothing to help others come to know Jesus. And we know, like, We know this on Sunday mornings. We know this when we have quiet time with God. We know this when we're at our house churches, that Jesus is nothing but good news. Jesus forgives sin. Jesus gives sight to the blind. Jesus heals diseases. Jesus heals the sick. Jesus is compassionate and kind to all. Jesus is generous. Jesus died to take our place that we could live. And only the enemy could back us into a corner and stir up fear to keep us sharing the one who has set us free. And Paul says, I need you to keep praying for me. I need you to keep interceding for me. I need you in my corner. I'm praying for you and you're praying for me. And so from beginning to end, Paul sits down to write this letter. I wonder if he even knew what he was going to write as he starts writing. But he bookends his letter. Hey, it's the people of God, praise and prayer, praise and prayer. Here's how I want us to end our time together this morning. I want us to take the next few minutes, and I'm going to invite you to go and get a piece of bread and a cup of juice to take communion. And I'm going to invite you to do that with a couple of people that you're sitting around, maybe people that you feel comfortable with, people that you came with. If you didn't come with anyone this morning, you're welcome to go to the back respond, banner. There'll be some men and women back there. But I'd love for us just to practice this this morning. For us not just to talk about prayer, but for us actually to pray. And so as you take the bread, as you take the cup, to just practice listening. And to pray for each other. If you have things that are going on in your lives, man, don't make it this guessing game where they have to try to figure out what's going on. Let them know how they can pray for you. And I go, what will happen this morning? What encouragement, what comfort, what strengthening will God bring? Because we're willing to pray for each other. Sometimes the things that have meant the most to me is when one of you will just come up to me and you'll just pray. The fact that people are willing to, to set aside their own agendas and their own concerns to pray for other people, I go, that is, that is gospel. That is the, the kingdom of God. Care for people as much as you care for yourself. And so here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna take communion. I'm gonna invite you to, to get up now to go get a piece of bread, a cup of juice, to come back to your seat. I'm gonna give us you know, 10 minutes or so to pray. And then I'll close this up in, in prayer. So let's go and do that now. Go we'll grab a piece of juice, or a piece of bread, a cup of juice. And uh, if you're really spiritual, you can get a piece of juice. And uh, we'll pray together. And I'll wrap this up after about 10 minutes. God, thank you for hearing our prayers. And I pray, God, that as we leave this place this week, uh, that you would help us to have confidence that you're always with us, that you would give us a, a just desire to bringing you more and more into our lives, that we would just find ourselves longing to uh, just have space to speak and to hear. God, I pray that you would hear the prayers of my sisters and my brothers this morning, that nothing would hinder their prayers, that they would make their way to your ear, and God, that you would act, that you would move, and that we would respond in thanksgiving and worship. Thank you for this body, this amazing body that you are bringing together. And we love you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.